0: You are listening to the Park Flyer Podcast, where we discuss our RC adventures.
1: Welcome to the Park Flyer Podcast, where we discuss the ups and downs of the new RC Flyer. Join your hosts, Michael and Jay, as they take flight at the park. Now on
2: with the show.
0: Hey everybody, welcome to the Park Flyer Podcast. I'm Michael, and with me always is my good friend, Jay, here in Texas. Speaking of Texas, how it goes? It's getting cooler here in Arizona. Is it getting cooler down there? Um, actually, we had
3: a, a cold front, what they call a cold front, move through uh, uh, this last week, and actually it was rather nice. Mm-hmm. Um, unfortunately, I didn't get out to fly. I, you know, since it got nice, then all of a sudden, uh, you know, we got a little bit of rain, and I had to go mow the lawn and do all the things I haven't been doing for like three months. So
0: yeah, well, I got to fly on Tuesday, made um, one of the other guys a uh, little. Actually, it was Tom, and he bought. Uh, if you remember a couple of podcasts back, we were talking about the, uh, value hobby type airplane. dollars. Oh, yeah, yeah, like yeah. He took our advice. He went and bought one, put it together. Uh, we showed up, uh, on Tuesday and we made it for him. So that was pretty exciting. He, um, did a good build. It was his first time, like putting a kit together and, uh, we went out and made and it. it was uh, fun, so it flew really okay. well and he was excited and he, Oh, um, good. Oh, I'm, I'm yeah. glad some of our advice kind of paid off for somebody. Yeah. It uh, worked out uh, really, really well. Well, speaking of rain, uh, we've had uh devastating weather, uh, throughout the U S Oh, both, absolutely. Uh, Texas and Florida. Uh, unfortunately in, uh, the park fire podcast, you and I are kind of, you know, in areas that don't receive a whole lot of that, but we know some of our listeners are down in that area and, uh, we want to give a shout out to them and tell them to be safe. We know that there's a lot of uh, devastation down there. So Harvey came through Texas and, it did. uh, you know, did some damage to the Houston area. And then, uh, Irma right, I think it's Irma right Jose, up Jose a week Irma. Later. they're all anyway, they're kind of all blend together, uh, but I still have friends in um Florida that are still waiting to get back to their homes, so kind of devastating down there
3: yeah it it it, it does kind of suck, and it's uh you know, I just moved down here and, and already three hurricanes at once it's It's pretty remarkable. So, yeah,
0: that is remarkable. Very rarely do you see them all coming through like that. And I, and I grew up in Texas as well. You know that. So, um, you know, I grew up in the Houston area and, and we did get floodwaters, but I was never in an area that got flooded like some of these guys. I mean, their houses were seven, eight, you know, feet deep. I saw photographs of, you know, water up to an eight foot wooden fence. Yeah.
3: And it's amazing from what what I've watched on the news and and heard from folks, you know, a lot of times they go, well, we got flooding in this area. And so they're expecting to get a foot or two. So they prepped for getting a foot or two of rain. And that's not what happened. No, (laughs) (laughs) Not at all.
0: Yeah. Yeah. My uh, my wife, uh, you know, works for a bank and and uh, she does some financing stuff. And she said that some of the, the thing, the loans and stuff that they're coming up for renewal, they're looking at the properties. And, uh, these guys are not in the flood zone and the house is off its, um, you know, foundation and floating away. So (laughs) these guys were not expecting, you know, a lot of these guys were not expecting to be in areas that for the last hundred years, you know, it's not been that big of a deal. And this, this time that just the storm surge or whatever you want to call it, just got all the way up. We've had some, um, you know, flooding as far up north, I think did, uh, Austin get any uh, flooding or? No,
3: like I said, we, uh, I live right between Austin and and San Antonio and the storm was basically East of us. We got, you know, everybody was worried about me and they were like calling, Oh my gosh, you know, it's supposed to come right through where you're at, you know, when they're looking on a big map and, uh, the way the storm went for us, we got a total over the whole time that Harvey was here, five inches of rain. That was it. All it did was make the grass grow. But if you drove like a half an hour to the East, all of a sudden, it doubled. It got. It was ten inches of rain, and if you drove another half an hour, it was you know twenty inches to twenty six inches of rain, wow. and then you just drove another half an hour, and then all of a sudden, it was well over thirty two inches of rain and up. So it was it was a small sliver that we you know that the storm just missed us. So we we got really nothing. It just was kind of blustery and it kind of just was pissy rain all day, and so it wasn't bad for us. I mean, it really. I, The places, you know, we have a couple of places here that flood, in fact, not too far from my house, didn't even have any water in the, in the creeks or the the rivers or anything. They were just bone dry. So we really, you know, missed the scape, you know, we got, we scapegoated pretty good on that one. But uh, like you said, everybody else, it's amazing how much rain they got and how bad they got hit. Yeah. And and it was a slow moving storm too.
0: Yeah. And the water is still, uh, you know, receding and and Mm -hmm. the cleanup efforts are just beginning and. Uh, you know, some of the areas I know down in Florida were not even accessible uh, at this point in time. So hopefully, right. um, you know, later on in the month, it'll all, it won't, we won't get hit again. But the weather's cooling off for us and, you know, the uh, hurricane season's kind of coming to a close. So maybe they'll be able to get out there and and, uh, and get things back to, uh, back to normal. Well, we uh, were actually contacted by someone, right? No,
3: really, what, what happened was, um, as you know, I get on Craigslist and I look at ads and look for RC stuff and, you know, see what I can find. And I was on there and I just, you know, I p- typed in RC and, you know, planes, this, that, helicopters are coming up. And all of a sudden I see a house, you know, with the with the roof of the house barely above water and it says, looking looking to replace my RC gear. Or something along those lines. And I kind of, you know, kind of chuckled at it, read the ad a little bit more, and uh, it seemed that this individual was looking to help replace some of his gear because I guess he does some stuff with the, with the scouts, the boy scouts and some other, some other organizations and stuff. And I was like, wow, this is, you know, this is horrible. So this guy, you know, obviously does some trainer stuff and, and, and gives his time out to people. So I figured what the heck I'd I call him up and uh, he was a wonderful individual and I heard his story and I said, well, we definitely have to have him on the podcast and talk to everybody.
0: Let's uh, let's give him a call and, and see what he says. Sounds good. So we'd like to uh, welcome Don Daniels to the Park Flyer Podcast. Don, thanks for joining us tonight.
1: Good evening. Thank you for thinking about me and the family.
0: All right, and well, uh, I guess uh, Jay got a hold of you, or how did that work, Jay? Yeah.
2: So
3: basically, I was looking at a, uh, a Craigslist ad, and that's how I how I got uh, got the idea or saw what was going on with Don, and and uh, got in touch with him. And yeah. uh, by hook or by crook, we. Got together, and uh, he was actually right here in Austin, uh, just a couple of miles away up the road. Unfortunately, I couldn't meet with him or anything, but uh, I was able to get him on the phone. and Sound like a great guy, and I'm glad that you're here, Don.
1: Well, I'll I'll verify that I'm a great guy. That's no problem.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Modest, too. (laughs) Those are the type of people we're always looking to have on the show, just those nice, quiet, meek, modest guys. That's what we're looking for. Right.
0: He's got got references as well.
1: (laughs) That's funny. Well, I'm ex-military, so don't don't expect too much humility.
3: <laughs> well, there you go. There's two there of us. Know. So I'm ex-Air Force myself. So that's good to hear.
1: So me too. I was an Air Force mechanic in the military. Uh, crew chief oh, okay. And uh, repair reclamation and uh, crash trained over to navigation systems, worked lower intact and ILS systems. And uh, so that was you know part of my aviation love. My my love of aviation started when I was a kid. Uh, my mom and dad always Perfect. said my first word out of my mouth was airplane. And some of the first pictures they have of me as a baby is with airplanes.
0: Well, there you go. Awesome. I can, I can, uh, I, I can do that too. My, uh, I grew up on Air Force Base, and uh, my dad would sit at the end of the runway watching airplanes go by, and I wound up uh, doing it professionally. So, uh, big circle. So, Don, uh, you know, uh, as a, as you can see, we're definitely all
3: aviation lovers. So, you know, tell me about the small, the small aviation stuff. How did you get into
2: that?
1: Um, well, you know, my, my grandfather used to do like what your dad did. He'd take me out to the uh, airport and watch the old F-100s and the old 123 uh, cargo planes dropping parachutes for the National Guard. And when I was, uh, about eight years old, I started building, you know, plastic models and rubber band powered models. And, uh, when I was 12, I was cutting grass back then making me like $2 a yard <laughs> and, uh, saved up enough money to buy my first, uh, radio control airplane. It was like thirteen dollars and ninety five cents. And I went to my dad and I said, Dad, I, said, I need you to write me a check and here's the cash and I wanna buy this airplane. Well my dad was military raising five kids on, you know, three hundred and something dollars a month. And he said, No, son, he said, You need to go buy your pair of blue jeans or shoes with that money. So I uh promptly went next door, got my buddy's bike, rode down to seven eleven and got a money order from the airport. <laughs> <laughs> that was, <laughs> uh, that was all and you well. weren't that was, <laughs> that was all well and you weren't let back in three the house. Days later, I walked out the door with a thirty-six inch bright red airplane, and my dad wanted to know where it came from. Yeah,
0: telling me traded was, their blue jeans in for that's it. it. <laughs> that's right.
1: <laughs> it was the Bolt Junior Champ, my first airplane. I, like I said for like thirteen ninety-five. I saw one on eBay for hundred and sixty bucks the other day.
0: Oh so my gosh! <laughs> that's insane.
1: But uh, my grandfather, the, the grandparents, uh, they you know started buying me Cox control on airplanes, which I think most of us probably grew up on. Yep. And after and after you crashed them, you went and you bought some little wooden kits and put the engines on, them, and it just uh, kept going from there. Okay.
0: Fantastic. Sounds a lot like the way we got started.
1: Yeah, <laughs> Although I didn't trade my blue story. jeans hear, for a cr- Yeah, you hear the same story over and over when you talk to RC guys, man. <laughs>
0: yeah, it's it, it's a love,
3: or an illness, depending on who you talk to. You know, it was one yeah, or the sure. other.
1: You talk to my wife, she'll say it's
3: (laughs) Well, that's, that's, that's kind of where I'm going at. Or, or when I always talk to Mike, you know, we're always talking about the affliction that we have because like, he'll call me up and he's like, Oh, I'm thinking about buying this plane or I'm thinking about doing this and, And I don't know, you know, at first it's kind of like one of those things he's like asking me to kind of talk him out of it. And then I'm like talking him into, well, don't get the blue one and get the red one. It's, it it looks like it goes faster or, you know, or you need to get this bigger engine. You're not going to stick with the engine that comes with it. Are you? And he's like, no, 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 we're, I'm going to get something much larger. So, you know, it's just, it's just one of those things, uh, you know, how it grows or uh, like I said, how, how the affliction gets worse, I guess, you know, I, I don't think there's a cure for this. So you knew with the rains and stuff, I mean, in your neighborhood, did it ever flood before? Or, or did you know that, you know, it, like it constantly did it in your street or your neighborhood and never came up, you know, only came up a foot? Or was it something out of the blue that, you know, the the holy wave came? You know, how, to, how, did, how did that all <laughs> transpire?
1: We we live on the north side of Attic's Reservoir and we live outside of the reservoir, out of the floodplain. Um, when you get heavy rains, you know we'll get some water coming up from the yard. sometimes it'll come you know pretty close to the house. Um, but you know it's not uh, it's not a you know it's not a every year occurrence you know where we get flooded. Um, last year, we actually uh, had a uh, a major storm on tax day and had eighteen inches in the house for the first time. Oof. And wow. uh, we literally had just finished a remodel in January <sighs> and uh, was uh, in the process of moving all of our stuff back in. Uh, when this flood hit now, last year's flood, they called a uh, one in 500 year event. This year, they're calling this flood a one in 1000 year event. So I'm not really <laughs> sure if I want to go to the uh, to the millennium <laughs> flood because I don't think we'll survive.
0: <laughs> no, really. no doubt. Now, wow. how how deep was the water in your house?
1: The in the house was seven feet t- uh, deep. It was uh, eight, to eight and a <sighs> half uh, feet in the street, seven feet in the house. It was above the uh, tops of the door frames uh saving fans, the blades are all, you know, soaking wet and drooping because they were sitting in it uh for, for several days and so uh, I got I got uh I got some pictures I'll send you showing the uh water a foot uh approximately a foot from the uh from the roof line. Oh my
3: so, God. so, how did, oh, so Don, so how did this exactly transpire in the sense like you know, uh, did you get like a warning, uh, a warning to move out of, to go ahead and evacuate your neighborhood, or were you like sleeping? And at two o'clock in the morning, you go, "Hey, you know, you got you want to go pee," and then you, <laughs> you, the next thing you know, you're you're ankle deep in water.
0: Or
1: I missed. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah, no doubt. Um, Why well, are my you know, socks I'm, I'm wet?
1: From, I'm from the Gulf Coast. Yeah, I'm, I'm from Gulfport, Mississippi, an hour out of New Orleans. So. Yeah, I've been through uh you know many you know several hurricanes you know, Camille, Katrina, uh George, uh, Rita, you know I mean, I've been through a few hurricanes and, mm. and and I've learned that when a hurricane becomes a category 3 you leave. And right. so this uh when this hurricane became a category 3 that's when I was concerned. It wasn't coming for Houston, but it was coming for uh the Corpus area, Corpus Christi area. Right. But if you look at the history of hurricanes as they approach the coast, the outer bands, when they hit the coastline, it creates a, a, a kind of a force that turns the hurricane to the right. And it's always to the right. right. So I was really right. expecting the hurricane to come in closer to Houston. Uh, it did not, which is fortunate for us because we didn't get the wind damage, but when I saw that it was category three and I was expecting a turn, uh, you know, I told my wife, we're not staying or we're, we're, we're getting out of here. And, uh, so we uh, we opted to leave. Uh, we left out uh, Friday morning. Um, we knew that there was going to be a lot of water. Um, the authorities warned us that there was going to be about two feet of water, and uh, I didn't want my wife to you know to go through what we went through last year because last year we literally did wake up in the middle of the night. Our dog was barking. We woke up, stepped out of the out of the bed into like you said ankle ankle deep water. It came up so fast. Wow. Um, so I didn't want her to go through that again. So I, I got a hotel and uh, we got you know we got out of there. So. We weren't in the house when the floods actually came.
2: Well, that's oh, good that's to hear.
3: Good news, yeah, because usually it's the you know most people. I, I always hate this on the news, you know. Oh, there's you know a volcano and a hurricane and you know I don't know a polar <laughs> ice cap is moving down and it's coming to your house and then Oh, well, I'm gonna sit here and ride it out, you know. And it's just like, yeah. why? Well, I, I I don't want anything to happen to my stuff or I you know I've I've lived here all my life and why should I leave for a little rain and lava? Why should I have to leave? You know, and, and it always amazes me, you know, hopefully the guy wrote his social security number on his arm or something so they could identify the body, you know, or they're right. surprised that, you know, that they're the guys wanting the helicopter to come rescue him. So I'm glad to hear you had the foresight. Yeah. In the middle of the story. Yeah, so exactly. I'm glad you had the foresight. And, you know, it's, once again, you sound like a, a military guy who's been through this before and he's he's able to plan. So, you know, that's that's terrific to hear.
1: Yeah, you know, we you know, like, you know you know we were you know we were trained for contingencies we were trained you know to to deal with situations and yeah you know, that's what you do
3: now I, I was talking to you earlier and you said that um you know you got your wife family and the dog out of there but uh i guess you, you forgot some important family members at the house and so you went back to get them out <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah, you know, it's uh it's part of my love of aviation, right? Yeah. <laughs> you my left wife... the Balsa
0: family in the back room as well. I, I, lo- I lost the Balsa family.
1: My my wife has uh my wife has four pet chickens. So we uh you know, we were expecting two feet of water. And uh with two feet of water that would put about a foot uh, a little over a foot in the house. So i put the i put the, the chickens, we call them the girls because the hens. <laughs> put the grills in, in a large dog kennel and put them on top of the washer dryer that I had in the garage. And I uh, figured, okay, we've got three days worth of food and water. We come back, everything's hunky-dory. And so uh, Monday night, uh, I'm watching the, the water levels because we have, uh, there's uh, sensors on the on the reservoir. And they trans- it transmits out the data. And we can look and see how the water is uh, uh, doing what the levels is doing. Right. And the water level was rising six inches per hour. Nice. Uh, Monday night. Wow! night. So just right after midnight, the water level was that right at about five and a half feet. And so I went in and uh, got my wife up, said, we got to go. Uh, we got to go with chickens. And uh, <laughs> of course, the first thing she said was you're crazy. They're just chickens. they're <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, part of the family. They're part of the there family. Come on, man. They, you know, they depend on us. They've been giving me eggs for two years. You know, what am I supposed to do? <laughs> oh, man. I, honestly, right. though, I, I really, I really. I know a lot of people may not understand this, but you know what? I couldn't just sit there, knowing that they were trapped in that tin, and that they were going to drown and not have a chance. I couldn't. I just couldn't. I couldn't. I couldn't do that. I couldn't do it. I couldn't do that to any animal. You know. Um, So I, uh, I put a a message out on our uh, on our neighborhood uh, uh, email site uh, for anybody with a boat, and uh, that you know come on help. And there were people out there, you know, helping rescue pets. So we get out there and uh the only guy out there where I'm at has a jet ski. <laughs> uh
3: Bay Watch here. Uh, yeah. chicken rescue. I love it.
1: <laughs> we get on the jet ski and we're you know we're we're jet skiing down the road. Of course we're going real slow. We're not, you know, we're not speed we're, uh-huh. we're just idling through. You know, we are we are jet skiing over cars already. Wow. And uh, as we came down my street, uh, one of the cars uh, was a Ford Mustang. You could tell by the you know the shape of the hood, uh, the the roof and stuff. And we passed it up, went on down, got to the house. And when I got off the jet ski uh, to get in the garage, the water was up to my armpits. And uh, the uh, the back of the, the the back of the property is a little bit higher, which is fortunate because when I went into the garage to get the get the girls out, the water was already three or four inches in the kennel. So if we'd have been another 30 minutes, they would have drowned.
2: Wow. Uh, so uh,
1: I got them out. Um, That's they Got on the jet ski and I'm sitting on the back of the jet ski facing backwards. I got my arms wrapped around this huge three by four foot kennel full of chickens. And we're jet <laughs> yeah, skiing out. And about halfway out, it comes to me. What the hell am I going to do now? I got these chickens. <laughs>
2: I can't take them to the hotel
1: room. <laughs> so we get over to the, okay, we get over to, uh, to where we started and, uh, another family, a second family had come out to help and they brought a boat. Uh, and they were up there take, you know, with my wife and making sure my wife and the dog were okay. And, and so we went up there and, uh, got the chickens out and, uh, the little kid, the, the kids were playing with them. They were playing with them, and she said, "You know, said, my sister has a farm." I said, "We can, we can take them up to the farm, and uh, you know, they can, they'll be safe out there." So yeah, you know, we said, "Sure, that'd be great." A couple of days later, we get a, a text message: "Um, you know, what do they eat? Uh, what, what, <laughs> what kind of cage do they need?" And I looked at my wife. I said, "I think they found a new home already." <laughs>
2: yeah,
1: <laughs> and Never sure enough, the kids fallen in love with them. The mother, and father had fallen in love with them, and I know you think this is crazy, but these chickens are addictive. They really are. They were a yeah. lot of fun. They re- they are trained. I mean, I'd pick them up, and 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 they'd lay their head down on on your shoulder so you could pet them. And sit on your knees and eat Cheerios out of your you know out of your hand. So they literally are like family members. They really are. It's it's totally amazing.
0: Well, we're glad you got them out. That's uh that's exciting. So hopefully they're yeah. uh they're not panicked at the next flood.
1: The other side of the story was when I went back in after the floodwaters went down. Yeah. That Mustang was still sitting there, but the roof was caved in in a V shape where somebody ran over it with a boat.
2: Oh, no.
3: <laughs> chop chop chop. Oh, you said, wasn't it a convertible or something so you could see right where the guy put the motor, right? Put put the uh
1: No. It was, it, it was a hard top. Oh, yeah, he hit it with somebody with a boat, hit it with a hard top and just crunched it in in a V shape oh. right, down it's right, right down the center of it.
0: Oh man. That'll buff where'd out. Where'd you get that V? Where'd you get that V in your Mustang? <laughs> it'll buff out. Don't worry about
1: that. <laughs> it'll
0: buff. Little paint. It'll yeah, the, go the, the, water,
1: the water had actually gotten three feet deeper after we left. So the boats couldn't even see the cars. Oh, wow. That's, yeah. We were fortunate that the tops were just barely bobbing out of the water and, you know, we could see them, but yeah, it was surreal for sure. Well, yeah, I, I,
3: I, I'll tell you, Don, you know, even though your, your chicken story is pretty funny and you're saying pets and all, well, I'll tell you next time, instead of chickens, get ducks. That's, that's what I had. So,
1: <laughs> Yeah, 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 they, yeah that would have been much better. <laughs> they, they, they'd just yeah, be the swimming inside the, in the kennel. house
3: and they'd be there after the water recede. They'd just be in the house quacking around, happy as clams. <laughs> that's <laughs> right. right. <laughs> yeah. The-
1: and, uh, went back, uh, we got, we finally got back in the house Sunday. And uh, and I, and it's it's pretty much a wreck. So I went out in the back to the swimming pool. The swimming pool, of course, is is all green. But as I walked around the swimming pool, I started seeing ripples in the water, and I started looking, and I got three four inch long fish in my swimming pool now from the river.
3: Really? Well, look. Well, no alligators or nothing crazy like that, right?
1: No alligators. No alligators. Oh, okay. <laughs> <Oof>. <laughs>
3: Yeah. I saw some pictures of that in a couple of places and I was like, okay, that's not cool at all. You know, wading through some water and there's alligators in there with you. Wow.
1: But so it, it, It's been a pretty surreal experience, but I mean, there's been a lot of funny stuff happening and you know, it's, you, you gotta just take it on a stride. You know, this it's just things, um, you know, we're going to rebuild, you know, you know, we're ex-military guys, you know, we, you know, we, we kick back that take no, take no prisoners. I and mean, in fact, <laughs> in fact, <laughs> After I, after I rescued the chickens, I, I sent a, a message out to all my friends because my wife was telling the story, and I said it's just like being in the military—no man or chicken left behind.
0: <laughs> the Marines would <will> be proud. <laughs> <laughs> Jay actually got—I uh, um, mean, he showed me that uh, some of the pictures and stuff that uh, you guys had on your um, on the house there. But did you lose all of your RC stuff as well, or? I mean, you save the well, chickens, but you obviously didn't save any of the airplanes. <laughs>
1: Crazy! Guy. I, I don't know yet how much is saved. Um, yeah, everything everything up to seven feet was underwater. Uh, I had a couple of shelves that uh, were seven feet high, and I I put a few planes on there. The water got right at seven feet. I mean, when we went in, that shelf has been moved, so I know the water got to it. Uh, mm-hmm. But there's two or three planes on top that I believe survived, and I had I had couple dozen kits and other built planes that are gone uh but in the uh in one of our rooms my wife has a a, has a queen-size bed in there and you know it's a it's a a guest room so there was nobody there so i put a few planes on that put three planes on that and a couple of my old cox planes on that uh bed because you know it was we were expecting two feet of water okay we weren't expecting you know that the seven feet so Mm -hmm. uh i went to the house and uh uh, I was looking through, and so I went into the, the guest bedroom to see how bad that one was, and see how you know just throw the planes away and such. And so I picked up a couple of planes, and they were bone dry. Wow. And I looked around, and I saw marks on the wall where the whole bed floated and kept those three planes out of the water.
0: <laughs> <laughs> the mattress it, it, it floated up, huh? The whole well, bed somebody must have been watching. three over. planes dry. <laughs> somebody was watching over you.
3: <laughs> so so Don, somebody said that uh that you uh also were involved with the Boy Scouts or or you did some stuff with those guys or, or, or what with the RC stuff?
1: Yes, I was uh building uh, I had three trainers set up uh for our local uh scout uh, troop at our church. I had uh three trainers. Each trainer had uh two of the Futaba digital uh FM radios, one for master and one for uh you know for Buddy Box. Mm-hmm. Had uh, a, a flight box for each of them, you know, with a starter, a little crank, fuel pump, and uh, you know, glow charger, and that kind of stuff. And uh, two weeks before the flood, I'd actually gone to the the the, the troop leader and said, "Hey, I got the plane." They said, "We need to get the boys together so we can go flying." And then two weeks later, we were you know swimming. <laughs> yeah. But uh, I also was. Uh, when, you know, we, you, as, as a modeler, you know, we do a lot of buying and selling and trading on eBay and RC groups and stuff like that. And one of the things that we do is we take a portion of everything that we uh, that we we sell and uh, we donate. Uh, we, we, we were trying to raise a thousand dollars to donate to uh, some needy families in the church for Christmas. And at the same time, I was trying to raise some funds for Boy Scout uniforms for some of the kids that couldn't afford uniforms. June and July we raised two hundred dollars uh towards Boy Scouts and we had raised uh, four hundred dollars towards the uh the Christmas fund. Um, so we were you know we were we were on the way to uh you know to try to help them out. Uh, but then uh you know the, the storm came, so that's kinda uh on hold. The three planes and radios are destroyed. I'm uh, I'm probably gonna you know, I'm pretty sure I can save the engines, but obviously, you know, not everything else was gone. Um, and so, uh, you know, I put out a, a, request on RC groups for some assistance for the, for the Boy Scouts and had a couple guys, uh, you know, donate, a, one guy donated a, a couple radios, another guy donated, uh, airplane and engine. And so I got a couple of planes that uh, we're putting back together for them. So hopefully in about three or four weeks, we'll have, uh, we'll have some planes ready for them to go flying. Uh, we had, uh, we had about, uh, had around 10 049 control line planes that, uh, had built up for them and, uh, you know, they got all flooded. So Got the engines off them, and they're sitting here in in Dixie cups, soaking in fuel right now, so that I can try to save
0: those. (laughs) So, so I'm sure uh, your wife enjoys that seeing all those (laughs) motors sitting around the hotel room. So, Don, you
1: know my 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 wife is a patient, patient woman, my friend. Trust me.
0: (laughs) We all need, we all have those. That's good news.
3: So, Don, I was going to say, uh, Mike and I, you know, we're electric guys, right? So, we're non-slimer guys. So, can you explain to us a little bit? You know, you're talking about Having to save your engines and stuff. So, what types of things do you have to do to to save your engines from you know water or some kind of damage like this? What what can happen?
1: Well, I mean, the th- the first thing is you know once the the, the the engine sat underwater for a week, so you know water is all in the bearings, the bushings, and you know in the four strokes, you know it's getting inside of all the tubes. So the the first thing that's going to happen is as they as the water drains out, as they sit, they're just going to start corroding especially your your, your uh, hardware that holds the engine together, your needle valves, things like that, that's gonna corrode first. And then your uh, the metal, your crankcase, your your heads are gonna start corroding. So to, uh, to protect that or stop that, you have to clean it out and you have to get it oiled up real well. And one of the best ways is to soak them in fuel. But I have about 50 engines. I can't do 50 engines in one night. So I've got a couple of uh, large uh, uh, pans. And uh, fill them up with water, fresh water, and put my engines back in the water. Okay.
3: That sounds kind of counter counterintuitive, doesn't it? I, I mean, to me anyway. I'm a you know a non mechanic guy, so I mean that just sounds kind of crazy, you know. So
1: what it does, it keeps the oxygen off the metal so that it can't corrode. Oh, okay. Did not know that. I wouldn't. I, so I now, did not know each that. Each night, yeah. Each night, now I could take two or three engines out. And you know, clean them out, uh and, 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 and at the same time the, the the fresh water helps loosen up the uh, the grime and the grit and stuff that's in it. And you know, you'll have nice clean water and, and at night and the next day it's brown because it's bringing all that mud and gunk out. But it uh, oh, it helps oh. loosen up and get it out of the engine. And uh, you know, so that is you know, that helps there. And then you know, now I got I've got time, I could do two, three, four engines a night clean them out, you know, oil them up really good. And then, uh, and, and really, well, I soak in the fuel first and, uh, that's the way you save them. You still may have to replace some of the, some of the hardware, because hardware is, you know, it, it's going to rust you know, pretty quick, but, uh, probably I say I probably saved 80% of the, of the engine so far. Wow. And, and what's, and, I, and I've and got, a, I've got some four strokes that uh, I've got a guy here at one of the uh, hobby shops that, uh, he rebuilds four strokes. And, uh, so he's, uh, going to help take care of some of my four-strokes for me. I got I, – I, I just bought uh, the Sato, uh, what is, is it, F-A-11. It's the four-stroke gas engine. It's about a 60-size, four-stroke gas, like $350. Mm-hmm. And that was the only thing I could think of, did my Sato survive? Did my Sado survive? <laughs> so,
3: Man with priorities.
1: Yeah, that's the first engine he's going to get because I haven't even run it yet. I haven't put it on an airplane yet. <laughs> oh, wow. But uh, all my uh, all my electric stuff is my uh, electric uh, motors are still in plastic tubs in the water. Now um, with electric motors, um, a lot of people don't know this, but electric motors uh, you know you can get them wet. Yeah, they're no problem. As, long right, as you get them yeah. cleaned out and dry out, you know you you can you can still use them. Now right, they've right. been in the water for two weeks, a little over two weeks. So I haven't been able to get them out of the house yet. So you know I don't know how badly that, uh, how you know, much grime and stuff's in there. But, uh, I learned an old trick and, uh, an old, old timer that did model railroading, uh, showed me a trick where, uh, he would take his DC motors for his locomotives and dip them into, uh, into, uh, distilled water, then put current on them and run them so that it would break the brushes in on brand new motors. Right. And I heard as that. it was running in the water, the water was flush out the debris
2: right, and then no,
1: dry it out and it was some, uh, contact cleaner. And you got your motor broke in. So I, I'm going to, you know, I, I haven't done that with, uh, uh yet, but I'm going to give it a shot and see if it works.
3: Yeah. The biggest thing with those is just going to be your bearings. So if, right. if, if, yeah. if they're, if you can get them out and they seem fine, or after you clean up, after you clean everything out, like you said, with flush it out with some water, turn it by hand, you go, okay, feels gritty or whatever. And, uh, you check the bearings. and You may have to replace the bearings, but from what I've seen or heard, um, just like you said, if it had a little bit of oil on them, and they if they were if they were underwater, as you were saying, and they're not you know oxidizing, they should be fine Th- in theory. Theory,
0: yeah. <laughs> well, we we tested we tested in that theory, out. We uh,
1: to, in theory, we were supposed to have two feet of water too. Just exactly. That. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah.
0: So much for theory. <laughs> Strength, theory. Absolutely. Uh, <laughs> we we actually tested that out when I had my uh, glider here in Arizona, Jay. Where we remember we. Uh, In Arizona, they, uh, you know, it's dry all the time, it's desert, but there was a lady in the neighborhood next to us that decided she wanted to flood her yard. So they flood the yard uh, with all this water. They get get probably a couple of inches, and then they let it soak through, you know, this hard dirt, and then that kind of, you know, allows them to put a little grass back there. So Jay and I were flying to Glider. And out in this huge field, the field was probably you know three or four hundred yards long and a couple hundred yards wide, and there was nothing out there. And something happened, and that airplane headed—I mean, right to the water, <laughs> of course. And just spook right in there. It was a no big trees, splash. But headed it for was, the water. <laughs> it was—it was deep enough you couldn't see the glider anymore, and that that motor and everything <laughs> was under there still going. Uh, it was pretty funny, but yeah. we uh, <laughs> we dried it out with a hair dryer, I think, and uh, we're flying like the next day.
1: Well. Well, that's what I'm hoping is uh, going to happen because I, you know, I've, I've been into electrics for for several years also. I love them, and uh, and I've got some some you know bunch of motors in there, and uh, you know, I do a lot of part flyers and scratch building and kit bashing on electrics, and uh, I love them because you just, you know, you take, you put them in your car, lunchtime you throw them in the air, when you're done you stick them back in the car. No mess, no cleaning.
2: Yep. Yeah, right. Well,
0: they're great lunch uh, great lunch break airplanes. I used to carry one in my oh, yeah. car all the time. Except in the summertime, it would, the foam wouldn't start to melt, but uh, <laughs> Arizona. During, the yeah.
2: winter, during the winter, during
0: the wintertime, it was easy. You just throw it in there and keep some batteries in the AC and you're good to go.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, like I said, it's, uh, it's been a surreal experience, but, uh, yeah. you know, we're not devastated here. We're, we're ready to move on. And Bill, we just got to go through the, you know, go through the steps, check off the boxes, sure. uh, you know, wait for the, wait for the insurance and uh, you know, rebuild. It's, uh, it's just another step in life, you know, it's just another chapter in life.
0: Yeah, I hear you. Now you said that you put something on, uh, RC groups. What was, uh, what was that?
1: Well, a lot of guys on RC groups know me because, uh, I've done a lot of buying and selling and, uh, gotcha. on RC groups and I, and I, um, uh, about once a month I try to give away free stuff. I, I'll put, you know, 10 or 12, 15 free things on RC groups for guys that can use them. And uh, a lot of guys know me and I travel a lot. Um, so when I'm out and about, you know. I, I meet guys uh, on the road, so you know they get to know me, and that several of them, you know, had uh, had asked. And so I, I put a I put a note on uh, RC Route, say, hey, got flooded, lost my planes. Anybody got any planes, they can you know that they can sell me that they don't uh, that they want anymore. And uh, I told them about the uh, the scouts, and uh, so I got uh, I got about a dozen guys that said, hey, you know, I got a I got a couple of radios I could donate for the scouts. And the other guy said, I got a, I got a got a plane out of here, another guy had a plane and said uh you know if you can come pick them up, you can have them from the scouts I uh, had a guy donate uh a flight box another guy donated a you know a starter a glow plug you know uh uh battery little glow plug uh, chargers uh so you know they're 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 you know they're coming out and the guys are you know they're emailing me say, hey, don, I sent you a box of stuff. Don't worry about it. I'm covering everything." And so oh, you know, I get a box of props and there's some servos and, and the guys are out there, you know, trying to help get the, the planes back together for the scouts. And I had a, a friend out in California that, uh, you know, I've never met again, just know him on RC groups. He says, hey, Don, he says, uh, he says I, I know what you're going through. I understand what you're going through. I says, I got this P-51 Mustang. And uh, he said, uh, is this such and such kid? It's a vintage uh, P-51B, 40 size. And it's a plane I've actually been looking for for years and they're hard to find.
2: Right. He
1: says, you mind if I send this to you, I'm just going to give it to you. Wow. Wow. Awesome. <laughs> and I was like, man, I said, you just made my day. And I explained to him, you know, I've been looking for one and here he comes right out of the blue, wanting to give me one. Cause he knows I lost everything, you know? right, right. <laughs> that's Wow. That's, cool. uh, you know, the guys are,
0: yeah, they're just, they're stepping up is what they're doing. And we appreciate that.
1: You know, that's typical for, for RC guys. You know, um, when I travel, I meet these guys, and uh, you know, they're, they're the kind of guys that you know they give you the back off, the shirt off the back if you need it. You know, sure, uh, sure. you go someplace, you know, you walk into the club, and they don't know you. You just, you you're just there for the for the week, and they say, hey, well, here come in, you fly my plane for a little bit, you know. Right. Um, they're, they're awesome. I've I've never met an RC guy I didn't like.
3: I could probably introduce <laughs> you to a couple. We,
2: we, yeah, yeah a couple I was going to say yeah. we got a couple. Yeah, visitors. they
3: they really take the cake. But anyway, they're they're far and few in between, though. That's that is the good thing. So no, they're true. not the, the atypical guy that you meet.
0: Well, if uh, if somebody that's uh, if some of our listeners want to help out, where uh, where should they go? They're, uh you said they can go on RC groups, and uh, what's your what's your handle?
1: Um, on Randall? RC screening. groups, uh, yeah, on RC groups, it's Bayou underscore City underscore Boy. Uh, okay. because Houston is a Bayou city and I'm still a little boy at heart. So it's Bayou city <laughs> boy. <one laughs> uh, at, uh, Gmail, it's Don dot Daniels, the number five, nine at com.
3: So Don, I, I got to ask, I know you're kind of living, you know, hotel room to people's houses to whatever. And so as you're getting all this stuff and I, and I could just imagine, cause you know, all of a sudden, boom, you know, you go from nothing to, you know, just all this stuff showing up. Where are you going to put it? I I can just, I I can just already hear your wife yelling or being mad. I don't know. It just kind of came to my mind as the stuff is stacking up inside your hotel room or in what few rooms you have. At least you got rid of the chickens, but now you have boxes.
1: I I don't know. I'm just,
3: I'm just throwing that out there.
1: My my wife has already put a kibosh on the RC stuff for a few days.
2: (laughs) Uh, Yeah, I'm sure. We
1: still, we still have a storage unit. We were like, we were, we were just finishing unloading our storage unit uh, from the last flood and uh, I hadn't turned it back in yet. So uh, I'm putting it in the storage unit for now. Wow! Uh, it's going to be a, it's going to be, you know, two or three weeks before I'd actually get to stuff and, and, you know, put the planes together uh, and such. So uh, we're, we're, I, I think, I think I won't have to sleep on the couch for a long time.
3: <laughs> there yeah. You. yeah, that's good. That's good to hear. <laughs>
0: Yeah, Jay and I are in trouble enough that uh, we're in the doghouse most of the time. That we just made the doghouse our man cave. So when we go in trouble, we just go. Please don't send me to the doghouse.
3: Yeah, our, our excuse of you know what's that box is always like I I don't know. Jay must have sent it. Oh, Mike right. must have sent it. I don't
0: know what it. I don't know. I, I didn't order anything. I to, yeah, I'll it's to, funny.
1: I will have to remember that excuse. <laughs> yeah. No, just I tell them your buddy sent it. No, it they too. just they just sent it out of the blue.
0: That's that's right. That's semi true. Another donation.
1: <laughs> I think I think, she, I think she knows me well enough. She'll know when I'm blowing smoke. <laughs>
0: yeah, all, all all of our wives do because I can't ever convince mine that it came from Jay. She always looks at me and says, "Yeah, sure." Well, <laughs> the hard part is is
3: that I show up. I come over to your house, and then your wife will go, "Hey." Hey, so you uh, that thing that you mailed Mike and I'm kind of like uh, which thing you know I, I ma- <laughs> and then and I just say because I can't you know I just go I mail them all sorts of things so you know you got to be really specific and she's like well I don't remember what the thing was but I you know you sent it to him a month ago yeah probably you know yeah.
1: No. <laughs> Sounds like you it's
2: guys but,
3: got a good game going. Well, of course she's got a she's got a steel trap for her mind, and and uh, she whips out these things and kind of catches catches us up on on some of the stuff. But I mean, we do send stuff back and forth to each other all the time. But it's we just do. you know, right? She just gives us that. that she raises right. one eyebrow, and looks at us right. You know, you, you, he sent it to you. Oh yeah, I knew Mike wanted one. Sure, that's right. Do you well, have Jay,
0: Jay and I've spent the last 30 years perfecting this so we're, uh, <laughs> we're pretty dead, actually.
2: Uh,
1: unfortunately
0: she listens to the podcast so uh it, uh, it doesn't always go oh, work when man. we start talking about this stuff
1: you, better, you listen to edit this a big time buddy yeah, no
0: <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely That that's an awesome story Don I, I I'm just in awe man I'm speechless about uh, just the water and the, and the the things that you've done and and as I understand it, uh, Jay said that you're trying to cover some guys down in Florida as well or or trying to do well, something that, for them.
1: yeah, that was the, that was what I was wanting to do. is any extra stuff that I've got uh, is try to uh, get it to anybody in Florida. I also uh, also put out some uh, feelers here in the Houston area, in case anybody here in the Houston area uh, you know, lost a bunch of planes. Um, I haven't had anybody respond, which makes me happy uh, right. because it means that you know the guys haven't lost their stuff. Uh, I did, uh, there was one gentleman in Florida that, uh, that did lose his stuff. One of the guys that was, uh, that was, uh, you know, working with me to help me out. Uh, we, through him, he said, he sent some planes and uh, a couple of the guys sent some stuff to him. So again, you know, the, the guys, the RC guys are coming together and, uh, helping this gentleman out in Florida. So, you know, like I said, you know, these, these guys are great guys. They're there to help and they want to help. And, uh, you know, it's just, it's just awesome, man. It really is
0: good well we uh we will send this podcast out worldwide and uh, if there's anybody listening uh, or any of our listeners want to contribute uh once again it's uh, dondaniels don dot fifty nine at gmail dot com or you can find them on r c groups as well or you can email us here at the park fire podcast right we we'll put all that information on the podcast where you send yeah. out and
3: i also don you said you're going to send us a few picks so uh so our our viewers can can look on the on the website and see just the Devastation that hit your house, and you know, and the chickens, and the floating, and the floating bed, no doubt. water bed that you had.
1: Well, I really wish I had a, I really wish I had a video of us coming out of that place with the chickens on the back of a jet ski. That.
3: Well, I do too, because that that because you could have made some money and help pay for the house on uh, American's funniest videos. I'm sure that would have uh, yeah. taken the cake there.
1: Yeah, I probably, I probably would have won for 10, sure. I probably would at least run the ten thousand dollar one. I'm right? telling you, my friend. Thanks so. Yeah. <laughs> would have voted for you. That's exactly. For sure. <laughs> uh. Well, gentlemen, appreciate it. I appreciate the time. Appreciate the, the sentiments and appreciate you guys, uh, care enough to, uh, to jump in and, and get on board. Um, um, and it's, uh, it's the, the support that we're, that we're receiving from, uh, people has, has been awesome. Um, you know, even, you know, my company is, uh, actually my, I work for a company out of Canada and, you know, they started a fundraiser there to help. I've got, uh, co-workers that have uh, helped donate clothes for my wife because we literally left with three days of clothes in our, in our suitcase wow. and uh, my niece and nephew out of Oklahoma City i probably have to send you this link my niece and nephew are uh, what, five and eight or something like that
2: they <laughs> right. decided
1: to have a lemonade stand in, uh, up in Oklahoma City in order to help raise funds for the aunt and uncle and well, uh, ABC go. put them on TV <laughs> oh awesome well, there you
2: go
0: Nothing, uh, no, nope. any press is good press. They they can
3: still have <laughs> lemonade stands up there. That's, usually you can, you don't hear that anymore. Usually they the cops are always coming down to shut them down or something, you know? That's right. That's awesome. <laughs> health guys.
1: Yeah. The health department shows up.
3: <laughs> exactly. It's craziness. You girls shut this place down.
1: <laughs> yeah. So I'll, I'll get you guys, I'll get the pictures to you. Um, text me the email address you wanted to go to, or True. you, you either text an okay. email to me. And uh, I'll get some pictures to you. Uh, we've got a uh, crew coming in uh, Saturday. We're going to be pulling out stuff and uh, setting all my airplanes out that uh, need to be photographed for the insurance. And uh, we we'll be ripping out sheetrock and stuff. So, uh, you know, we'll we get a couple pictures of that for you if you like. And uh, I'll send you some Excellent. pictures of my engine soaking in water.
0: <laughs> Please. There you go. We appreciate
1: that.
3: Please.
0: That'll be uh, – we'll throw that on the uh, website as well, so –
3: so moving forward, Don. So like you said, that's the first thing that you're going to have to do is rip out all the sheetrock. Or I, I've never been through a flood, thank goodness. So I, I have no idea of what it takes to reclaim my house or to at least get it restarted. So I mean, what what happens now?
1: The 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 the, the all the sheetrock's got to come out. All the woods got to come out. All the doors, all the door frames, all the cabinets. Basically, it's got to come all the way down to the studs. Uh, mm-hmm. ceilings got to come out, uh, even the vapor proofing, um, you know, we have a, a brick veneer house and there's mm-hmm. vapor proofing on the outside of the studs that, uh, uh, will, that molds. And so, um, all that's got to come out and, uh, depending, uh, on what happens, you know, the brick veneer may have to come off too, because the mortar absorbs the, uh, the, the E. coli bacteria and the mold spores. So, um, you know, if we can get a good disinfectant in there, we can. Otherwise, it's, it's got to come down and be redone. Uh, we have a two-story home, and since the water was seven feet high, uh, the uh, sheetrock and the insulation in the walls, by capillary action sucks the uh, water up. So even though the water didn't get to the second floor, uh, you know, I've got some wet carpets and mold on the second floor, so even the second floor has to have all of the uh, all of the woodwork, carpeting, and, uh, and sheetrock torn out. Otherwise, the mold will just continue to grow. That,
0: holy cow, that's, uh, that's, that's insane.
1: And then you got to pull out – then we got to pull out all the electrical because all the electrical outlets, uh, you know, were underwater. The electrical – you know, the, the circuit breaker box was underwater. So, mm-hmm. you know, that copper is going to corrode and create heat and a possible fire hazard. So all that's got to be redone also.
3: Okay. So once again, Don, don't mind my ignorance, but – it just sounds to me. It just sounds better to get a D eight tractor. I mean, a bulldozer and just brrr, knock it over and just build a new home. Or am I just? Or is that too much money? I I, I have no idea.
1: I agree with you, and and that's the battle that we are uh, are, are going to have to fight. Um, the uh, there there is no set standard that we can uh, find as far as uh, how long a, a home has got to be under water before it is condemned. Um, you know, we're hearing nine days is what uh, what we're being told. Ours was two weeks. So um, the insurance company came out and they have not condemned it. Uh, they said that there was one hundred fifty thousand dollars worth of damage to the home.
3: <laughs> just what you, in your first, yeah. look, Don, in your yeah. first, <laughs> in your first five set words in your sentence that you just started off, I have to tear out all the sheetrock. <laughs> you know, yeah. already you've spent that money. That's craziness today. <laughs> Those guys are so full of it. And, and wow!
1: To rebuild a home is going to cost around three hundred twenty-five thousand dollars, according to the insurance company. Of course, right. I think they, I think they, I think they escalate that a little bit to get more premium. Oh my gosh! <laughs> but uh, you know, so you know, we're telling the insurance company, no, this is this house needs. It's got to be torn down. It's got to be rebuilt because you know, again. Once the mold gets into the woodwork, once the, you know, it, it, it's almost yeah. impossible to get it out if it's deep in there.
2: Right. Plus,
1: your wood's going to start rotting because of the, the, you know, being soaked in the, in the, uh, in the water. Plus, you've got the E. coli bacteria in there. And uh, the sewage pumps backed up and went out, and the sewage plant backed up into our neighborhood. Oh, beautiful. Yeah. And so we have raw sewage floating around in there. And yeah. all that's gotten into the mortar. It's gotten into the brick. So you know, we're having to fight the battle now as you know, this home needs to be condemned. And uh that's you know that's our that's our next step uh you know at at, at this point. We do have to go in, itemize everything in the home and right. photograph it for the insurance, and then we have to we have to remove the sheetrock, we have to do what we can to protect the structure for now uh you know in case they don't condemn it because if they don't condemn it, then we've got to find a way to get in there and, and decontaminate and uh, either sell it to an investor or rebuild.
0: Well, uh, if it helps you out, Don, uh, Jay and I will take photos of all 50 or 60 of our airplanes each, and we'll send them to you. And then, you know, the guys (laughs) will think you'll have like a thousand airplanes.
1: There you go. (laughs) It'll make my wife happy, too. I could just hang one on the wall, and there they are. (laughs) (laughs)
2: There you go.
0: Just hang Jay's, hang mine. Yeah, both of us are collectors. I, I hardly ever get rid of anything that I build, so I have stuff from, you know, years ago.
1: Stuff. Yeah, I think wow. that's, I think that I think that's my wife's worst
0: nightmare. <laughs> yeah. Mine too. She's already looking at buying a new house or or a new uh building a shed out back to put all my airplanes cuz we have a guest room and that's she calls it the hangar cuz all my airplanes are in the hangar. So when yeah. I have a guest come over, when she has someone that she knows is coming over to spend some time, she's like, "All right, empty the hangar, so out in the garage they go and then I bring them all back in when the guy leaves <laughs> or the woman leaves, <laughs> whoever it is."
1: Yeah. So. Well I, got, I actually got kinda of lucky because uh you know the kids are all gone and we have uh, three bedrooms downstairs and, and we, mm-hmm. we 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 decided that she would get one bedroom and I would get the other bedroom. So Seems fair has got the four post, <laughs> the four poster bed, you know, the bassinets for the grandbabies, and sure. Mom has got the you know, the model airplanes hanging on the wall and <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's the way Jay's so. house is. He's got a special room for just for his airplanes.
1: Well, my, my wife wants to get a special room for me, but I think it's a padded one where you wear that fancy little white coat. <laughs> <Yeah.
3: laughs> Too late, she knew what I she was getting into. That's right.
1: Uh, you know, yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, you know, I like that idea. She knew what she was getting into when she married me. It's all her fault. Yeah, I, 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 right. I I'm
3: gonna say, I'm gonna say, just because a you're a dude. That you know, she didn't come into this relationship and said, "Wow, I didn't know you like planes. Oh, I, I didn't know you were into motors and engines and you know maintenance and this and that." And <laughs> oh, really? Oh, I I had no yeah. idea. No, right.
0: <laughs> it's been all uh, these wow. years, and and that just dawned on me that you like you know RC stuff. Nah, yeah. really?
3: I, didn't he happen. never
0: talks about it. I, I don't even. I have
3: no idea.
1: One of the first things I did was took her out to some air shows because uh, I'm a private pilot also, and I work through, for for. Uh, uh, museums that re- you restore planes back to flying condition, oh, you know, right. and uh, so I us her to some air shows and and you know got her got her flying for the first time. Took her up in a got her up in a 1929 uh, standard biplane, open cockpit. You know, flying about 1800 feet off the deck. So, you know, I, I shared my love of aviation with her, and she said, "Thank you." <laughs> I don't ever want to do that again. <laughs> uh, I appreciate
0: your love uh, of aviation, but that you. was about it.
1: But but she still lets me fly, so it's all
3: good. Well, good, all good. yeah, yeah. We love. Yeah, it, if she though. like I said, if she said she had no idea, shenanigans. I'm calling shenanigans. All yeah, right, <laughs> I am
0: shenanigans. Well, Don, we really, really appreciate you taking your time, yes, sir. Uh, out of your schedule there in the cleanup phase to join us here on the Park Fire Podcast. And uh, you know, a shout out to all of our listeners to give Don a a buzz on his email and and help out where he can. We wish you the best of luck with the cleanup. Please keep us informed of, uh, you know, how things are going.
1: Will do. Uh, we'll do that. And uh, I'm in Austin uh, two or three times a year, so what I'll have to do is uh, buzz you up and go to lunch.
0: That
3: sounds absolutely. good too.
0: Absolutely. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. If you get up to Austin, look Jay up. I'm sure he uh, he'll he'll take the opportunity to go out and and meet everybody. So and maybe he'll take you flying at his new field. He's got a really cool field over there in Wimberley.
1: Hey, I won't, I won't turn that down.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, thank you very much for joining us tonight. We really, really appreciate it.
1: Well, you're welcome, gentlemen. Again, I appreciate you guys, you know, taking the time to, uh, to cover the, the, the human side of this. It's, uh, you you see all this stuff on the news, uh, but there's more to, uh, there's more to what you see on the news. There's, there's, there's good things happening uh, Mm -hmm. and there's a spirit and there's a, there's teamwork and, you know, people are coming together. And uh, we're gonna rebuild. We're gonna, we're gonna, you know, we're gonna come back bigger. We're gonna come back stronger. We're, we're Texans.
0: Yeah,
3: I knew
1: that was coming. I knew that was coming. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that was definitely coming. So,
0: so before you go, Don, you know how to tell a man's from Texas? How's that? Just wait five minutes. He'll tell you. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm, I'm actually from Houston area too. I grew up in Sugarland, Texas, on the southwest side. Cool, cool, yeah, so cool. I, I've lived there my whole life, and now I'm in Phoenix. But uh, yeah, I have I have roots down in Texas. So I'm pure Texan, and now Jay's a transplant. So yeah, yeah I'm a we Finally got him down there. Finally got him oh. down there.
1: When I when I first took the when I when I took this job working for Canada, you know, I had to uh, have to go to Canada uh, often, and when people uh, when people meet me, they're like, "Well, what, what country are you from?" I tell them Texas. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> It's a whole nother country. Oh, man. That's right. <laughs> uh.
0: Oh, it's great to have you on. Well, thank you very much. But we I appreciate you joining us. Uh huh. And you have a great night. Thank Take you it guys. easy, Don. Good night. All right. Take it. Good night. All right. All right. That well, it was nice good. to have Don on the uh, Park Fire podcast, Jay. You did a good job helping him. Uh, once again, if you're uh, looking to help out, don.daniels59 at gmail.com. Yeah. Or you can email us here at the Park Flyer at gmail dot com. Either one of those, and we'll get get you there. So that's yeah, well, a devastating story. I cannot believe it, that, isn't that it? And amazing. he has
3: such a good spirit about it. I mean, you know, yeah. I, I know we were joking that's a little true. bit, joking and smoking with him a little bit, but honestly, you know, he it wasn't. Woe is me. It wasn't. You know, it's terrible. I don't know what I'm going to do. I mean, he just was good natured about it. He, right. you know, and I was talking to him earlier and he was just telling me just, you know, how his community, with the community he lives in, how they were coming together, how he was helping out, like his, he said, his church and, it, and they were helping him out. It, it, it's just a, it's a great story. And as he was saying, like what you hear on the news, it, right. they tell you, they'll tell you that there's pure chaos and nobody cares or this group is not being, um, is being ignored or these people, you know, aren't being helped or in all that kind of crap that they put out in the news. And it's good to hear that here in Texas, you know, Texas were taking care of Texans. Even people still were coming out from outside of the state to come and help. It's all working out. I mean, yes, it's devastating, but the people, you know, they're very proud and they're, and they're, they're not going to let this beat them. So it's, it's great. It's a great, it's a great story.
0: Yeah. It's, it's fantastic. It, uh, was amazing. So he sounds like a really good guy. So hopefully we'll uh, get a chance to uh, meet him. If he comes up to Austin, you'll have to. Uh, oh yeah. I'm, I'm looking uh, forward to let it. Let us know. Well, is there uh, anything that um, you got going on this next week or. Okay. Well, I got, um, I, you know, I'm still
3: like in the, about three quarters of the way done with some planes, uh, that I mm-hmm. want to maiden. I think I talked to you about the SU 35. Um, you know, I was going to modify it and blah, blah, blah. And, and of course, little things went wrong um, to right. laid <laughs> the project one of which I was like out of nine gram servos I mean I had enough servos <laughs> to do the project and I, yeah. I and I you know I had to do one extra thing and that one extra thing I thought was only gonna take me 10 minutes or so to do and I've been in this hobby long enough that I should know that any little thing that I change from the regular formula is not gonna yes. take me 10 minutes and right. uh, and like I said for me it was just a simple... I I I was going to use my new crimping tool that I got and I I was going to instead of making extensions I was just going to extend the lead off the servo and I was just going to solder it to the uh, old leads inside the servo and it's I've seen the servo you take it apart it should take 3 seconds dot 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 just touch the touch the uh the soldering iron to the leads put them back on you know onto the PCB board and that's it yeah no it it of course they changed the design from the one the one servos that I've, you know, from the uh, HXT 900s that I've done forever, they've always been the same. And they changed the design just a little bit. So, you know, that kind of changed things up. And then I the second servo was exactly like I thought it was going to be. It took me, you know, 30 seconds to to desolder and resolder the new ones on. And then I looked and I saw that uh, I pulled, you know, I kind of let go of the the wire a little bit too soon. And it kind of moved out and then hardened. And so, you know, it kind of bothered me, you know, a little OCD kicked in and I'm like, okay, I can <laughs> yeah. just bend it back just a little. And I go, I, sh- I sure hope that that was a cold solder joint. And it was and I ripped the, the trace off the PCB board uh, and I was like, wow. no. So I'm trying <laughs> to get, I said, well, look, there's still enough of the trace. If I scrape back off the, uh, you know, scrape it back and, you know, get to the copper, I can probably get to it. And I'm like carefully scraping and I scrape the trace right off. So <laughs> I was just, I was just like, okay, I've, I've totally killed this brand new servo. I've never, you know, fresh out of the package, had the night, you know, new smell. And I'm like, no, you know, so then I'm running around the house looking for a nine gram servo. And luckily, yeah, I was able to find one, but it, you know, the story just yeah. goes on, but I, I, I got the thing together, but it's, I'm still three quarters of the way almost done.
0: It, yeah, no, I hear you. I, my yak is almost ready to um, to maiden, and i got to work on the A-10 and some other stuff. So hopefully we'll uh, be able to get more uh, accomplished now that it's getting cooler outside and you're not sweating. Thank goodness. Yeah, I know, right? So. Well, I think that about does it for uh, this tonight's uh, Park Fire podcast. We appreciate you joining so. us here. And uh, from the studios here in Arizona, I'm Michael. And from here in Texas, I'm Jay. We'll uh, see you in two weeks.
3: See you later, bud.
1: You have been listening to the Park Flyer Podcast. Thank you for joining us, and we look forward to your next visit. Please give our show a star
2: rating and review, and feel free to email us your questions, topics, or suggestions to parkflyerpodcast at gmail.com.